Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, the founder and general overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries, a ministry which is focused on bringing back the glory of God into the lives of people who have been battered by the world. She's a healing apostle and ministers powerfully to break people free from demonic oppressions. We believe you'll be blessed as you listen to today's word. Now, today's word. transformation, my God, to their hearts and to their minds and to their lives. I pray, my God, that Lord, may your spirit this morning that comes by your word bring divine direction. Redirect us, O God, and bring us, my God, in, in line with your word that it may be well with us. This morning, Heavenly Father, I pray for an open heavens over your people, O God, that Lord, release your blessing, your favor, every worshiper this morning in Jesus mighty name we pray Amen 
Amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering and you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. You're welcome to the Lord's Garden Ministries Church Without Walls. And I'm ministering this morning from the Liberty Center of the Lord's Garden Ministry, which is next door to Trade Fela in Accra. And I'm thankful to God for the privilege of coming to you in your home or wherever you are joining this service from. Amen. We thank God for today. We thank God for his goodness. This morning, I am continuing the message I started last week on poverty. Amen. Poverty. Last week, as I'm ministering on poverty and how to come out of poverty by not doing certain things. Because poverty comes to us as a result of sin, as a result of mismanagement, as a result of certain lifestyles. And God's will for your life, beloved, is that it may be well with you in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body, as well as, as I always say, in your pocket. He says that, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. God wants your total well-being. When God created man, there was nothing missing, nothing broken. God saw his creation of man and he said, it is good. God was satisfied with what he had created. Amen. And life as it was then was good until sin came into the world. But praise be to God that God always has a plan for your comeback even before your setback. I often say this because God goes ahead of time and God has predestined us unto a certain life and that power of God's predestination still holds no matter how far we stray because God loves you beloved he will always bring you back into his purpose and so before the setback of man by Adam and his wife Eve God had already planned a comeback for man's restoration amen and poverty was part of the curse that God released upon the land Amen. He said that Adam will work from the sweat of his brow would he eat and the ground will bring forth thistles and thorns. And you and I know that when you are a farmer, you want to get fruit because it is the fruit that will give you substance, money, but thistles and thorns will not bring you anything. You yourself will be hungry. You will not get enough to eat. You will not get enough to feed your family. You will be impoverished. But God in that same place, where he issued a curse of poverty, also issued a hope, amen, a hope for a better future. And that hope was through Christ Jesus, hallelujah, that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent, amen. And so this morning I go back to the word on poverty. Now, I spoke to you about many things that bring us to the place of poverty. And the eighth thing that brings poverty is pride. Pride. Pride will always bring poverty. Why do I say that? The Bible says that pride comes before fall. And when you lift up yourself in pride, God will bring you down. There are many people who have lost much in their lives through pride thinking of themselves better than they ought to or thinking of themselves better than others. When you humble yourself, God will lift you up. I think last week I was talking about people who have maybe certain educational credentials, certain degrees or maybe even 
um, abilities to do different things, but because they feel that this is beneath me, out of pride, they will not do it, and that brings poverty. Last week, my brother sent me a clip, and um, in the clip, um, Steve Harvey, I don't know if you know him, I'm sure many of you do, was asking a man how many businesses does he have? And he said he has 150 businesses. And he said, wow. He said, yes, he has 150 businesses. And within those businesses, some are investment, some are businesses, but 150. And when he talked about the business, you realize that some of them are things that maybe where he's at now as a billionaire or a millionaire, he wouldn't even consider. He would think they are beneath him. But still, he's into it. Why? Because little drops of water, as we say, when we used to say when primary school, makes a mighty ocean. So he has 150 businesses. Maybe his main job is there, but he has 149 side hustles, as people say now. So he is not proud to invest. One of the things that he has invested in was a comb, just an ordinary comb, especially for, um, you know, Afro hair. That gives a certain style. And you would wonder, why would he invest in that? But he invested in that, and that comb is now bringing him millions. Don't be too proud in work, where work is concerned. So long as it is honest work, and it will bring you money, it will bring you substance, don't see anything as beneath you. Because to work and to even get one penny is better than to steal or to beg. Praise the Lord. Let's not let pride take over our hearts. For the eighth and the ninth point, I want to read the Gospel of St. Luke chapter 15, the verse 1 to 11. Bible says, Jesus was talking. He said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth unto me. That is, he was asking for his inheritance that will come to him after his father dies. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after that, the young son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to want. He became poor. He came to a place of lack. And he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him to feed his swine. So he went to a rich man or someone who had a bit of substance and the person sent him to feed his pigs and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him and when he came to himself he said how many hired servants of my father's house have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger I will arise and go to my father and will say to him father I have sinned against heaven and before thee. This is an account of somebody who dropped from riches to rags. This was a young boy who lived in his father's house where there was an abundance. But he rose up one morning and said, Father, give me the inheritance that should come to me when you die. Who does that? Under normal circumstances, when your father or whoever will give you an inheritance dies, then you can have whatever they, they will give you. But here was this boy out of a sense of entitlement. And many of 
our young people now have that sense of entitlement that they are entitled listen if you're a young person in this service I want to tell you your father's wealth is not your wealth what your mother has is not yours it's for them make it make it for yourself because a lot of people now are not looking for their own especially young people who come from homes with a little bit of substance it may not be much but in their little mind they think it's a lot and so they look to that and they do not work for themselves and that is pride in itself but this boy began in pride but when he fell he learned common sense I would say he came to himself he got back to his senses and he humbled himself he at least he was humble enough to go back to his father and say father I am sorry I've sinned against heaven and against you and the father being the good father he is took him back and restored him Jesus was saying this parable in relation to our relationship with God the father but it applies because the word of God is um, so amazing that it applies to everyday life it applies to our everyday life that we should not wax you know in pride we should not become proud in our lives because pride would definitely bring you to the place of a fall but we must humble ourselves and really come down not think of ourselves as too high to work or too high to apologize when we need to this boy spent all that he had Bible says in righteous living with friends and at that time he had friends and he went partying spreading enjoying himself so to, so to say not knowing that poverty was creeping upon him slowly and so the ninth point of the things that bring poverty is evil habits listen evil habits he said he spent his substance in righteous living the high life going here doing this drinking that buying this for people you know and he spent it all this boy didn't have wisdom and that lack of wisdom brought him to the place where he wanted to eat the food that he had been given to feed pigs with in fact not that he wanted to eat that is what he had that's what he could readily lay hands on it will surprise you from where you are at today that if you do not humble yourself and if you do not live right in wisdom according to the little or the much that God has given you it may be and may God help us and may God forbid that you can come to a place where you will even lack what you should eat look around you it's happened to many people and never say it cannot happen to me let's walk in wisdom he didn't walk in wisdom amen he led a righteous life with all that he has Proverbs 23 19 to 21 says hear my son and be wise guide your heart in the way guide let your heart be guided in the way of wisdom wisdom Bible says is the paramount thing it is by wisdom that a house is built you can never build your life on lack of wisdom if you build up your life if your life will increase if you will increase in life there must be the strong application of wisdom amen in order to build up your life and by knowledge and understanding you fill the rooms of your house with treasure that is why somebody can be born into a house that excuse me say it's a poor home but that person can rise up to such, such a high level 
many of the millionaires of this world didn't come from rich homes but by wisdom by humility by dint of hard work today look at them i once saw a picture two pictures actually in contrast what the rich people wear and what the poor people wear and the rich man was simply dressed and the poor person was in all his designers lv gucci and everything and the one who was in a simple tee t-shirt and and jeans and sneakers was a millionaire but the one who had nothing was wearing all the design that means that if today he gets 300 dollars he'll go and buy himself a designer cap the rich person getting 300 will probably buy himself maybe a 20 dollar or 50 dollar cap and invest the rest wisdom will build your life he says here my son be wise and guide your heart in the way be not among wine bibles those who drink no just swigging among righteous eaters of flesh for the drunkard and the glutton shall come into poverty the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and drowsiness shall clothe a man in rags laziness will clothe a man in rags so hearken unto thy father that begat thee and despise not your mother when she's old listen to wise counsel of your mother do not despise your mother or anybody that represents a figurehead in your life that they don't know anything you know it because you got it listen do not be wise in your own eyes because anybody that is wise in their own eyes never listens to counsel or advice and it tendeth unto destruction and it tendeth unto poverty because in life let me tell you a giant secret you don't know everything nobody knows everything in life it is god alone who knows all things and i tell you that anybody who is older than you has definitely heard more than you have heard seen more than you have seen knows more than you know you may have your phd dcc but i'm telling you you'll be shocked that an old grandmother in your house in your family may know more than you know you have book knowledge they have common sense unfortunately somebody said common sense doesn't seem to be common now people lack common sense and so this morning i'm talking about poverty there are many things that we do that bring poverty on ourselves we bring poverty on ourselves but praise be to god that god is merciful and so his word is coming to us today greed gluttonness drunkenness righteous living tended unto poverty i said to you last week in my closing that money riches is not forever amen somebody can be rich today and poor tomorrow but it's just a matter of the application of wisdom and biblical principles that will keep the wealth that is why i always say that you know we when we say somebody is rich it's not an issue we're talking about wealth and we talk about wealth we are talking about not just physical cash but assets and abiding wealth wealth that endures to generations but often you find that in most cases family wealth start it looks like looks like a pyramid because it starts from the top it's a lot you know the peak is just a little bit so it comes and as, as it goes down as the family increases 
the money is being shared among more people. So if your father has 10 million and he has two children, shares among the two of you, five, five, you have four, they have six. Imagine you are sharing and as it goes down like a pyramid, it comes to a point where that money is just dwindling. If wisdom is not attached to it. Beloved, sometimes we bring poverty upon ourselves. And those are the issues that I'm talking about to you in this word of God. The 10th thing is cheating. Cheating, robbing. Some people are professional, you know, arm robbers. Not, not with guns, but they have a way. You know, Proverbs 22, 22 to 20 says that, Rob not the poor because he's poor. Nobody will go to a poor person with a gun and say, I've come to rob you. But there are ways of robbing the poor. When you are corrupt, you've been put in a position. And the money that is coming through that position is meant for the well-being of the poor. And you steal it, you take it with your pen. You are robbing the poor. When you actually cheat the poor of what they have, you are robbing the poor. I think a few months ago, I, I heard a story about a rich person taking a poor person's land by force and by fire. Hmm. That is robbing the poor. He says, do not rob the poor because he's poor. Neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause. And the spoil of the soul of those that spoil them. When you rob the poor, God will plead their cause. Today you have robbed the poor and you think you are okay with it. But tomorrow, the, re, the, the, the end result of it will come to you. You will see a generational curse. There are some people who are poor today because there's a generational curse that may be somebody, you know, got through robbing the poor and it goes down generations. May we be delivered from the, the generational curse of poverty. Somebody say amen. Amen. And the Bible says also in Proverbs 28, 8, that he that by earthly and unjust gain increases his substance, he shall gather it for him that will pity the poor. So when we pity the poor, God will take that which somebody who cheated the poor has taken and has received and bring to those who pity the poor. People who gain by earthly. And that is when you are, what I said, is this a loan? You, you, you lend money to people with interest. God says, don't do that. You lend money to people with interest. There are people who do that. They'll, they'll lend money to you and say, every week we are taking this. And what they are taking is more than what you have even, you know, borrowed. Unfair treatment and unjust gain. There are certain cases that are unjust. Do not involve yourself in unjust gain. Because unjust gain never stays. If it comes fast like that, it will go fast like that. And it will leave in its wake poverty. And that is why a lot of people find themselves in poverty. The third is Proverbs 23, 10. It says that, remove not the ancient landmark and do not enter into the fields of the fatherless. For their redeemer is mighty and he will please he will plead his cause with thee. Don't remove ancient landmarks. Talking about land acquisition. Sometimes people take people's lands. People take land that does not belong to them. They remove the landmarks and say, no, it's mine. And because they have more money, maybe they can fight the poor. They can fight people in courts and other places. 
pay judges to rule on their behalf. God says that when you unjustly remove ancient landmarks of the fatherless, he is their redeemer and he will plead their cause. He will plead their cause. What doesn't belong to you doesn't belong to you. The word of God in 1 Kings 21 talks about the king Ahab, the husband of Jezebel, who cited a vineyard that was close to the palace. And the owner of that vineyard was called Naboth. Now, Ahab would look at Naboth's vineyard, and I'm sure this poor man would tend his orchard very well. So he had apples and he had grapes and it was beautiful. A vineyard with beautiful, luscious grapes. And Ahab wanted that vineyard. So he went to Naboth and said, Naboth, sell me your vineyard. Naboth said, no, I can't sell you this vineyard. This is an inheritance handed down to me by my father. Then he said, oh, okay, you sell it to me or I'll give you another vineyard for your vineyard. And Naboth said, I will not do it. This is my inheritance. I won't do it. So Ahab went home very sad, depressed, because of something that did not belong to him. I'm talking about a vineyard here, but it also applies to you who is looking at something that belongs to somebody. Maybe it could be somebody's wife. It could be somebody's husband. It could be anything. And you are trying to take possession by force. It will bring a curse. It brings a curse. We have believers in the house of God singing and dancing oh single single oh praise the lord but you are busy destroying another woman's home you are busy and you bring your tithes and offerings to the church and you think you are blessed you are not blessed the church will take the tithe and use it but trust me no blessing comes out of it because anything that is taken by thievery by stealing be it property be it somebody's wife somebody's husband anything Beloved, it brings a curse. Ahab was depressed. So he went home and Almighty Jezebel was like, Oh, my darling husband, why do you look so sad? He said, Because I want Naboth's vineyard and he won't give it to me. What? What does Naboth mean? This poor boy, what does he mean? Does he know you are the king? You are the ruler of the land. Don't cry. Eat. I will take the vineyard for you. Jezebel had them write letters and they set Naboth up. And people testified against Naboth that Naboth has spoken against the king and against God, blasphemed against God and spoken against the king. So they stoned Naboth to death. And Jezebel came and said, My husband, did I tell I'll give you the field? It's, Naboth is dead. Go and take it. And he went and they took the vineyard. And Elijah the prophet came and said, You, Naboth, and your wife Jezebel, you have taken Naboth's vineyard. You have killed him and taken his vineyard by force. There's a curse unto you. As for your wife Jezebel, dogs will lick her blood on the streets of Jezreel. And you and your descendants, you will die. He pronounced death upon them. Truly, to the word of the prophet, Jezebel died in the street and dogs ate her up. By the time they were going to pick her body to bear her, they found only her skull. And that showed that Really, her life was under a curse. Beloved, don't try to take that which is not yours. All it amounts to is a curse. And sometimes these are the things that bring generational curses. I want to say again, upon our children and our children's children. 
So maybe today you find that the poverty seems to be, you know, very resident in your life. No matter what you do, you are not prospering. Sometimes you need to really pray for revelation. Maybe there's a generational case of poverty. And if you have also robbed somebody, killed somebody inadvertently by any way and robbed them of whatever belongs to them, repent today. Go before God in re repentance and do restitution to their family if they have any living family left. Go and do restitution. Otherwise, that curse will follow you, follow your children, follow your children's children because blood always cries out. You cannot silence blood. Yes, the Bible says the blood of Abel cries out for vengeance. But praise be to God that the blood of Jesus cries out for mercy and grace for us. If you have robbed anybody, if you have cheated anybody, and you know it in your heart, and today you are enjoying the fruit of that person's labor, go and apologize. Go find a way of making restitution because that curse will follow you all the days of your life because the blood of Naboth definitely spoke against Ahab, Jezebel, and their house. Cheating, removing the ancient landmark, cheating of any kind, beloved, will bring you to the place of poverty. The next point I have is poor stewardship. Poor stewardship. Do you understand and you must understand that you are just a steward of whatever God has given you. Bible says the earth is the laws and the fullness thereof. Everything belongs to God. Everything. But Bible says he has given the earth to the sons of men. And whatever we have gained on, in this life is just by the grace of God. Whether you inherited it, you worked for it, whatever. It is just pure grace. But you are a steward of that which you have. Because, do you know what? <clears throat> have you ever seen anybody dead? And they carried all his wealth and gave and put it in the grave with him. No. I once heard a story. For those of you who know me, you know. Those of you who don't know me, I'll tell you, I'm a fancy lady. I have my jokes. So let me tell you this one. Now, a very rich man had four wives. And when he was about to die, he had given them money. He said, Bring the money I, I, I lent you. Give me my money. And they all gave it to him. The fourth one, he loved very much. He said, you know, Sam, that's for you. I will leave the money that I've given you with you. But when I die, make sure you put it in my coffin. He said, darling, no problem. So this man dies. And all the wives know the story. He dies. And, you know, at the graveside, Minubeko, oh, Minubeko. Well, they bury him. And then one wife asked the wife, did you put his money in, in the grave? She said, I gave him a check. So I wrote him a check. The check is in the coffin. Nobody is buried with their wealth. Amen. That's why I'm saying that we are stewards. We are just caretakers of everything that we've been given. And we have an account to give to the one who gave us whatever we have. Luke chapter 12, verse 42 to 44. Bible says, and the Lord said, Who then is a faithful steward and wise, whom his Lord shall make a ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? 
So blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth, I say unto you, he will make him a ruler over all that he has. So whatever God has given you, you are steward. And your master, God, has an expectation that you take what he has given you and give it to those or use it for the purpose to which he has given it to you. As a steward, you are supposed to watch over the, the money or whatever it is. Make sure if he says, okay, feed these people, feed. If he says, do invest here, you do it. But he will come and you will give an account. And he says that the one that his master will make him a ruler over all is the one who can give a good account. That when his master comes, he'll find that he's doing exactly what he told him to do. Amen. And so if you are doing exactly what God has told you to do or tells you to do with what you have, beloved, he will make you a ruler of more and much. My father, Dr. Cardo C.S.C. Grant, told us when we were young about the three plates. He called the three plates. He said God will start by giving you one plate and to eat. Or you know, he starts by giving you two plates. Then he will look you know, upon you and watch and see what you're going to do. If you eat one plate and you give another plate to somebody, you say yes. Next time, you give you three plates. But if you eat one plate and you take the other plate and you put it under your bed, he said that's where it stops. You will not increase. He won't increase it. But he said if you give one plate to another person, the next time he'll give you three. And as you give, he keeps on giving you until a point comes when he gives you a hundred plates, a thousand plates, two thousand plates. And at that point, you can decide to eat three plates or four plates. It doesn't make a difference. We must be accountable for that which God has given to us. We must understand that we are stewards. And the Bible says that he that is faithful with the least is faithful with much. And that's how we build up wealth. If you want to really build up your wealth in life, when God gives you little, be a good steward over the little. And then he keeps on building it up for you. But if you are a poor steward, he realized that no, this one will not go anywhere with whatever I give him. Amen. Bible says in Luke 16, 10 to 30, he said, he that is faithful in that which is little or that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is also unjust in much. So if you find that when somebody has a little and he's wicked and mean and not faithful with it. Listen, the person will not give you more when he has much. And God knows that. If therefore you have been unfaithful in the unrighteous mammon, who can bit into your trust true riches? If the little money God has put into your hands, you are unfaithful with it, who will put into your hands true riches? Do you think God will increase it if you have been unfaithful with the little or even the much he's given you? It won't increase. Because God knows that you are like a river that has no outlet, just an inlet. And I always say that any river that has an inlet but no outlet stinks. Listen to it. Any river, and picture it, that has an inlet that another water body is able to flow into it. But there's no outflow from that river to another water body. And it stays within itself it smells it stinks but when there is a river or a water body that has an inlet and an outlet the waters always flow 
and the waters are always fresh. Don't let that which God has given you stink in your hands. No. Let it be used for the purpose of the master. He says that if you have been unfaithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit into your hands true riches? Amen. If you have been faithful in that which is another man, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? And this one applies to those who work for people. Maybe you are an employee in somebody's business. You are sitting in, in somebody's shop front and you are busy stealing, busy, you know, diverting. Oh, people can do things. I once know of, I knew of, of a person who went to work with somebody who um, was a designer, dressmaker, you know. And what the person would do is that whenever the customers came, she would say, so what are you coming to buy today? And so I'm coming to buy maybe a kaftan. Said, oh, so you want my madam to make the kaftan for you? Say yes. Oh, don't mind my madam. These are expensive kaftans. I know where she buys the material. And I can get the material cheaper for you. I can have it made the same way by the tailors in this house cheaper for you. Don't buy. How many colors do you want? Say six. Say just buy one color. The rest are handled. And so to meet the person outside and then they'll you know, go through that and she will supply them using the woman's tailors, the woman's seamstresses, the woman's thread, everything. The tailors will sew by night. And truly, the mistress's business collapsed. This is a perpetual curse for that person. And truly, nothing has gone right for that person to date. Yeah. Nothing has gone right. Listen, God hates unjust balances. If you are not faithful with that which is another man's, who will commit something to your own? Whether you are working for somebody, assisting somebody, whatever it is, whatever work you are in, be faithful. So we should be faithful to our masters. Be faithful. And as you are faithful in what you are doing, God will eventually also lift you up. Amen. You cannot expect by unfaithful stewardship to gain more. You can't. Beloved, God has the power to take away our stewardship. It is he who chose to give you whatever he's given you. He can take it away. He can take it away. He is God. Amen. So let us be good stewards of that which God has given to us. Glory, hallelujah. Amen. Beloved, there's a way that God has planned the world and the resources of this world. Amen. Everything in this world belongs to God. And God has planned the resources. He's a source. Mind you, everything else is a resource. Amen. And so he has planned the resources of this world that none will lack. That is why the birds of the air, they don't lack. The little ants, they don't lack. But how come man lacks? How come people are lacking? People are wallowing in poverty. It's not because of God. It's because of man. It's because of our greed. It's because of our selfishness. It's because of our wickedness. But beloved, anyone you know, tending to selfishness, wickedness, meanness. Listen. Poverty will come upon you. 
If it doesn't get you, it will get your children. If it doesn't get your children, it will get your grandchildren. Generationally. But we will keep ourselves in working and living by godly principles where, which govern wealth so that it may be well with us and it may be well with our children. Amen. And I said to you that one of the key areas that God looks at, especially where money is concerned, is our dealing with one another, especially the poor. Proverbs 22, 9 says that he that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth his bread to the poor. As a good steward, if you give your bread, if you help others, and when I say poor, somebody is looking for the poorest of the poor, but your brother who is in need, your sister who is in, you know they are in need, you just don't care. You say, am I, am I my brother's keeper? He has his wife and his children, am I my sister's keeper? No! Anyone who has a bountiful eye, who gives, said God will also give to him. We must learn to give, especially to the poor, the widow, the orphan, the lepers. These, some of these are helpless people. Bible says, he that giveth to the poor shall not lack. He that hideth his eye from the poor shall have many a curse. Amen. And my favorite of all these scriptures and the word of God concerning governing wealth and the poor is Psalm 41. He says that blessed is he that considered the poor, for the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. I live by this scripture. I live by this psalm. When you consider the poor, God says that he will deliver you in time of trouble. He says that it is he who will make your bed even in time of sickness. That means that he will help you. You will be healed. Listen, God's mercy is towards those who are merciful. Today, if you are you know, struggling financially, try a little mercy to somebody and see whether God will not also be merciful to you. He said with the merciful, he is merciful. With the forward, he also shows himself forward. In mercy, as we show mercy unto others, God will also be merciful unto us. Amen. He is the Lord. He said, I am the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord who teaches your hands to profit, who leads you by the way that you ought to go. It is He who will teach your hands to profit. As you do all these things, help the poor, not cheat others, not wax in pride, not live a righteous life. And everything that we have spoken of in these two weeks, He, the Lord, who is your Redeemer, He said He will teach your hands to profit. Listen, every wealth is on the face of the earth. And sometimes people say, oh, if only I could travel to this place, to that place, I will be rich. Who told you? Go there and see the poor there. They are even poorer than you. I always say that in Ghana, at least, if you are hungry and you go somewhere, say, oh, I beg, can you give me a little food? Maybe you may have an uncle somewhere. But elsewhere, it's me and myself and I, nobody's care about anybody. You are looking at going somewhere else in order to be rich. Meanwhile, people are in Ghana and by dint of honest hard work, they are profiting. It is not the location. It is the blessing of God that makes rich. And he says he adds no sorrow to it. God is the one who teaches our hands to profit. Amen. As we follow 
biblical principles. It shall be well with us. The work of your hands will prosper. If you don't even have work you know, to do, God will give you ideas. Sometimes you, 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 you just marvel at the ideas of wealth creation that people have received. How did they think about that? A long time ago, I used to do this prayer CD and those days uh, when I go ministering, people will buy them. And one pastor friend of mine said, ah, how did you think about this? Because why didn't God teach me? I said, because he didn't teach you. But God can teach you. God can lead you in the way that you ought to go. As we follow biblical principles, it shall be well with us. It shall be well with us. Because you know something? I've realized that there are some people who have not believed in Christ as the Messiah. The Jews to be precise. But yet, because of that Abrahamic covenant with God, and because they are following the principles, biblical principles of wealth creation, they are rich. But yet, we believers, we who have believed, we who are under a better covenant, sometimes we find ourselves wallowing in lack and in need. Why? Because we are not following biblical principles. It's about principles. As for the word is gone forth. And I would always say that the word of God, you know, it cannot be broken. And it becomes effective as we also plug into it. Amen. Like faith. You plug in and then the power begins to enter into you. On the whole, everyone that has received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you have been redeemed from poverty. Amen. Galatians 3.13 says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is any man that hangs on the tree. Amen. And the cross is where Christ was hung. It's so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. The curse of the law, as I, I said to you in the beginning of this series last week, includes poverty. And even today I mentioned it, includes poverty. Deuteronomy chapter 28, when talking about the curse of disobedience to the law, poverty is, you know, there. It said, the heavens over your head shall be brass and the earth beneath your feet shall be as iron. And the rain upon you shall be as powder. If that is not poverty, I don't know what it is. He said, you, you will sow a lot and bring in little. You, you will borrow, but you never lend. That means that you will be poor. A curse of poverty is part of the curse of the law. But Galatians 3.13, as the Apostle Paul is saying, has re- God has, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of poverty. To redeem means to buy out of, to buy back. The blood has purchased us out from under poverty. But yet, we experience lack and need. But today, I'm telling you, child of God, that you have been redeemed. God has redeemed you through Christ and through his blood. So that the blessing of God that he put upon Abraham might come upon you. God said to Abraham, that get thee out of your country and out of your kindred unto a land that I will show you. And I'll make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. And thou shalt, I'll bless you so you shall be a blessing. He, he promised him wealth. And truly, Genesis chapter 12, you see Abraham obeying God. Genesis chapter 13. And when Abraham was leaving his father's house, I always say this, that the Bible accounts, 
he left with his wife Sarah and Lot, his nephew, followed. The Bible doesn't account of anything like cattle or anything. Three people were leaving and they left. But Genesis 13, right from the verse 1, says, Now Abraham was rich in cattle, in silver, in gold, and in men servants, and maid servants. God managed in some way to bring Abraham wealth. And Abraham was a wealthy man. Listen, it is the blessing of God that makes rich. And today, by the power of the redemptive work of Christ Jesus, we have been delivered from poverty. If we have been delivered from poverty, then let's stay delivered from poverty by obeying the principles of wealth creation that God has set out. Hallelujah. Bible says that we know the grace of God that Christ Jesus, even though he was rich in heaven, yet he became poor when he came down here on earth. Jesus was not born into a rich home. He was born into a poor carpenter's family. Born in a manger, not in a five-star hospital, neither in a hotel anywhere. In a manger, there was no room for them in the inn. He was born in a manger, but yet in his father's throne, where he sat, he was rich. He is God, the owner of all things. But the Bible says it was for our sakes that he took on poverty, that we through his poverty might become rich. There was an exchange made on the cross where Jesus took our infirmities and gave us healing, where he took our sin and gave us righteousness, where he bore our sorrows, they call him a man of sorrows, that we may receive joy and gladness, where he took our poverty, that we might become rich. He took the curse, so we may become blessed. There was an exchange made at the cross. And as I speak to you this morning, there's been an exchange made on your behalf. And by that exchange, poverty is not your portion. Poverty is not your portion. You have been redeemed from poverty. Amen. And that power of redemption delivers you from the curse of poverty, which is the curse of the law. So why go ye and take another curse upon yourself? By the things that we do. By the things that we don't do. Beloved, this morning, as I bring this message to a close, I want you to close your eyes and lift up your hands and come before God in repentance. That if by any means, in any of these things that I have spoken about, you find yourself in them, that truly, in a way, poverty has come to your life because of disobedience. God doesn't want you to be poor. Poverty destroys homes. Poverty kills. Pray to God if you have been lazy, not going according to the principles of work, always giving excuse why you don't work. Pray. If you have been withholding from God, not giving, not tithing, not helping the poor, withholding from people, even though you have it. If you've been living with lack of wisdom,
done anything that has brought a curse or that can bring a curse to your life pray if you living above your means pray borrowing to live a certain lifestyle when is not time pray be proud wanting to walk with the Joneses when it's not time and because of that borrow cheat, you lie pray if you've indulged yourself in evil habits of greed, gluttony drunkenness excessive buying for no reason pray, cheating taking that which does not belong to you you've been a poor steward of that which God has given to you pray Heavenly Father, this morning we come before you, O God, my God, in the spirit of humility, asking, my God, in the spirit of repentance, for forgiveness for the things that we have done, or the things that we have not done that has brought poverty to our lives and lack and need. We say the Lord, forgive us, have mercy upon us, O God and deliver our lives from the bondage that poverty brings in the name of Jesus. Pray, Father, the Lord help us, bring us out also from under family and generational cases of poverty. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Inherited cases of poverty under which our lives have born the bed the sins of our fathers and we have also followed in the same forgive us Lord turn our lives around oh God Lord help us this morning Lord we come before you oh God and we ask oh God for your wisdom for wealth creation and Lord you to whom the heavens and the earth belongs. You have said that the cattle upon a thousand hills belong to you. You know where you have hidden silver in the, in the earth. You know the place where you put gold when you created this earth. Lord, today we pray that Lord help us. Show us. It is you who gives the power to get wealth, oh God. My God, I pray this morning for your people. Lord, show your people how to create wealth. My God, in the mighty name of Jesus, bless the works of your people's hands. And yes, even them who do not have any work to do, I ask this morning, the Lord, you who is a way maker, Lord, help them. Out of nothing, your word says you can bring something. You make a way in the wilderness. Cause rivers to flow in the desert places. Oh Lord, this morning, I pray your blessing upon your people. Lord, bless your people, oh God. Give them the power to do well. 
let the bondage of poverty break off every life under the sound of my voice and I pray oh God the Lord will bless us the Lord we will increase financially in wealth Lord my God the Lord will leave an inheritance to our children and to our children's children for your words is a good man leaves an inheritance to his children and to his children's children let not our names become a byword and a proverb Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, bless us, O God, financially, that we can also be a blessing unto others, in the mighty name of Jesus. Make us, O God, a channel of your blessing, of wealth, and help unto the poor and the needy. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Wherever you are, lift up your hands and begin to thank God this morning. Begin to thank God for his word. Begin to praise God for every wisdom you have received in this word. And it is my prayer for you, beloved, that you will not just be a hearer of this word, but you become a doer of this word. In the mighty name of Jesus. There's no end to what God can do for you financially. And if you think that you have enough that is not where you ought to be God wants to take you from the place of not enough past the place of enough or just enough to the place of more than enough that you can be a blessing unto others this morning I pray that may the blessing of the overflow come upon your life that may you overflow in wealth in riches Thank you. We give you praise. That it shall be well with us. It shall be well with us. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And somebody thank the Lord and say, Amen. Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website, www.tlgm.org. Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Coffey.